for the Indians. One run on, let's see, one hit. That's all we got. One goddamn hit. You can't say goddamn on the air. Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. From the Gateway Lounge in Sioux Falls, it's Nobody's Listening Anyway. Here are your hosts, John Gaskins and Matt Zimmer. Playoffs? Don't talk about it. Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. Uh, hang on. What are you doing? What do you mean? And we are off and running. See, that's what happens when we're not at the Gateway Lounge. John Gaskins and Matt Zimmer, uh, both dealing with issues at home. Matt's dealing with three-year-old Arthur. And uh, I Four. am... Uh-huh. Four, oh, sorry. Four. Four-year-old. And I'm dealing with bats. I could get into a detail about that, but I'm concerned that a bat may be coming and flying in my uh, living room slash dining room here anytime while we are doing this remotely. But later on in the hour, I will be at Gateway Lounge. We have a special Sioux Falls sports celebrity on the show today. Matthew, we have Craig Maddock. What would you like me to say to Craig Maddock or ask him a little bit later on? Um, I got nothing. How's it going, Craig? <laughs> That's it? Okay. <laughs> ask, may, I'll ask him for you if he's seen any good movies lately. He's a real movie yeah. buff, as we know. Has he, has he seen the sequel to Dumb and Dumber yet? <laughs> uh, rate Dumb and Dumber-er on a scale of... Uh, uh, well, of zero of zero rotten tomatoes to a hundred. Um, so we'll be doing that, and of course, the Gateway Lounge, uh, the best place in Sioux Falls to watch all the NFL games at once on Sunday, or to come on down on a Sunday night or a Monday night. I'm sure Saturday night it was rocking and rolling because Jackson, the manager, is a huge Notre Dame fan, and that was one of the biggest wins the Irish have had in years. They did it without uh, without Clemson's. Trevor Lawrence at quarterback, so I bet, uh, hey, it was still a fun game, and he has a sign in the Gateway Lounge that says, drink like a champion today, so it's very inspiring, and uh, Craig and I will be at the Gateway, we'll talk about Craig's new podcast, that's what you do when you lose your daily show, you do podcasts, and you do high school games, both Craig and I will be calling state championship football games this uh, weekend at the Dakota Dome in Vermilion. so he'll, that's his thing that's always been one of his things. So we'll get into that with Craig in about a half hour. Um, do, do you want to know why I'm worried about bats in my house? It's a, or not? I, you know, most people are worried about COVID these days. I'm worried about bats in my house. You have bats in your house right now? We uh, not right now, but we've had about three of them in the last four or five days. We didn't have one yesterday, but we had about a string of three days slash nights in a row. One of which Gilbert woke me up at two thirty in the morning uh, to. Uh, to try to remove a bat from our from our house. Yeah, it would hang for a while, that would just circle the room and fly around for a while, and I had to Google how to get a bat out of your house a few times. And, uh, you know, Gilbert's a wonderful, beautiful man, but I'm sure you can imagine uh, Gilbert's level of composure with a bat in the house. Yeah, he strikes me as real helpful in a situation like that. Let's just say uh, if... I, if well, first, but, but my question, I wouldn't be so much worried about how to get a bat out of your house as how is the bat getting in your house? Oh, that's a great question because I had to Google and look that up too. How the hell is this happening? And apparently 
It can get, bats can fit through cracks uh, the size of the end of your finger, is what I found out. So uh, there's a lot of possibilities, especially if you live in an old house like we do. And uh, we have our bedroom vent, our bedroom heating and air vent, uh, does not have uh, it doesn't have a screen on it, and uh, I don't want to I, I don't want to tell the long story of why it doesn't, but it doesn't. So apparently that's we're guessing it they get in through our bedroom. So uh, oh, that's not terrifying at all. Not at all. No, just to know that you could be sleeping and uh, you could. But but apparently bats are very afraid of humans. They are afraid of us. They're not going to attack us. Uh, that 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 we also learned. They are petrified of us, and uh, so. Anyway, we were able to successfully, a couple times, they just kind of flew out of the, you got to open your doors. We opened both of the major doors on our first floor uh, to give them so they can see the opening because they want to get out. They don't want to be in your house and they don't want to terrorize you. Uh, They weren't looking to get into your house. So, which, you know, I find fascinating. And at one point, but if I was in a, if I was in a different room from Gilbert and the bat, if I was upstairs and he was downstairs, you wouldn't be able to tell who was making the noise. It was the same noise. (laughs) Just a lot of shrieking going on, but uh, I, I think uh, when I was in college, I think one of our college houses that we lived in had bats and snakes in it. But you know, you're a little more willing to put up with that when you're living in a college house with a bunch of other drunks. It's a different thing when you're 40. So it is. It kind of grates on you after three nights in a row. So uh, we might have to call nice bats or somebody like that. But uh, <laughs> you. But apparently they're afraid of us. And uh, and one of the times. We were like, where did it go? We didn't see it fly out. And then, uh, and then we looked over. It was behind. We have a mirror on the ground in the corner of our dining room. It's two feet away from me right now. And it was hiding in that corner. We thought it was gone. We're like, oh, there it is. And then, of course, and then Gilbert's like, I think it's dead. And I'm like, Are you, I'm not sure because it wasn't moving. It wasn't making any noises. And I'm like, well, great. Let's, uh, as the Google told us to do, let's uh, take a big cup or something to uh, in- <laughs> enclose it. And take the dustpan and a cup, scoop it up. And the second Gilbert scooped it up, you heard, meh, 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 meh. So apparently it wasn't dead. And then it was just fluttering around, uh, petrified in uh, our, our contraption device. And then he took it outside and let it go off into the night. So, uh, I, you know, I thought this was, for Hall- this was post-Halloween. I thought bats, apparently bats <laughs> exist uh, throughout the year. So anyway, uh, we have our own little distractions, but we're ready to fly. And we've been starting our podcast uh, during this football season with the Minnesota Vikings, and we will again today. And uh, you, heard, you may have heard Jim Mora at the beginning of this podcast. By gosh, we are going to talk about the Minnesota Vikings making the playoffs. I don't think we really should until we see what happens against the Bears because that's who the Vikings play on Sunday. The Bears have lost three in a row. They don't look like a playoff team. But, Jim... The Vikings, there's seven teams from the NFC that will make it. The Bears are in position number seven right now at five and four, and the Vikings are just a game and a half back of them. And this doesn't feel like a playoff team, but the possibility of them making it is real, to to paraphrase Seinfeld, real and quite unspectacular because that's what the NFC is this year. And that's what the Vikings are. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to, like, be that guy who suddenly is overly optimistic, which sounds weird because, you know, the first few months it was the opposite. Like we were the, you know, the purveyors of doom or whatever. Mm-hmm. talking about should they tank for Trevor or whoever. And but you just have to look at how they're playing right now, their schedule and how the teams on their schedule are playing. And it's really easy to find potentially four, five, six more wins. 
And the question I think is going to come down to, um, you know, and you just said it, the NFC as a whole is not very good. How many wins is it going to take to get into the playoffs? If it's 10, I don't think they have a chance. I don't see them, you know, going seven and one the rest of the year, which is essentially nine and one considering they've already won two in a row. Uh, if it's nine, could I see them getting to nine and seven? Possibly. Uh, if it's eight, if eight and eight's good enough, I think they have a great chance of finishing at least eight and eight based on how they're playing right now. And again, who's remaining on their schedule. So, you know, it kind of goes to show you what a crazy season this is, uh, how crazy an NFL season can be under any circumstances, let alone, you know, the ones of this season that, you know, one minute you're one and five, we're talking about a fire sale, you know, they trade in Gawkway and then it's like, well, Riley Reef. Uh, Kyle Rudolph, you know, who else is going to get traded? They decided to keep him. And all of a sudden, you know, they, they look like they, they very much look like a contender. I mean, I think right now it's less about their record. Yeah. Three and five isn't very good. You just look at how they played the last two weeks in particular, you know, winning against the Packers in green Bay, that, that obviously means a little more than, you know, beating the lions at home. Uh, but again, you got Detroit again, you've got a, a suddenly free falling bears team still twice on your schedule. Uh, Dallas, Jacksonville. I mean, there's a lot of games left on that schedule that the Vikings could easily win. Yeah, six of the eight games they have are against teams that I would consider either bad or incredibly beatable, or they're the Bears who are tough to define. And we'll find out more at Soldier Field on Sunday because there's nine wins right there. Yeah, yes, uh, you get to nine wins. If I don't think they're going to win all of those six games. The other two, by the way, against teams that are not bad or or quite beatable are. The New Orleans Saints in New Orleans, which isn't as tough as it usually is because there probably won't be fans there unless something miraculously changes in our COVID numbers and Louisiana's COVID numbers by the, that's the second to last game of the year in late December. And Tampa Bay, which looked quite unbeatable until last night until they played the Saints and got destroyed. And I think that's just going to be more of an aberration. I think they're that good. They're that dynamic. Uh, they have an, they have a great defense that travels well. That will be a tough win for the Vikings. But the Bucks and the Saints are the only two teams on that schedule. If you're a Vikings fan, you go, "Ooh, those are that's good. That's gonna be that's gonna be tough." Uh, if they keep playing the way they are now, proper context, uh, the Packers are an easy team to beat. That was not a mismatch, but that was a good matchup for the Vikings because they are a physical smash mouth team. And the the Packers, Aaron Rodgers on offense. When he gets behind in a game like this, and especially that Packer defense, you punch them in the mouth, and they're out. They're just they're out for the count. Uh, they showed that against Tampa a few weeks ago. They showed that against the Niners twice last year. But the so the Vikings, that's just there for the taking. It's a good matchup for them. But you beat the Lions, and my God, Zim, these teams have the same record now at three and five. The Lions played like a team. This is twice now the Minnesota Vikings have played a team that whose defense appears to want its coach fired. I mean, the Lions gave zero resistance to whatever the Vikings wanted to do on offense for most of the game yesterday. So take that win with a dump truck of salt. Yeah, I think it's pretty obvious the Lions have quit on Matt Patricia or are pretty close to it. Um, I mean, it took a spectacular failure of special teams by the Vikings you know, to, to make it look like a more competitive game than it was. You know, you take away two block punts and uh, it probably isn't quite as close or at least the Vikings pull away a lot earlier. It didn't look like there was, uh, you know, even you know, they score right off the bat twice, missed the extra point, should have been up 14 nothing. Give Stafford credit. He's a great quarterback. He's going to make some plays 
uh, to try to keep you in the game. He briefly gets it back to 13-10. You're thinking, okay, maybe it's a game. But it kind of felt at that point that almost like the Lions had done everything they could. Like that was the Vikings had taken the Lions' best shot at that point, and all they could do was, you know, get 10 points. Um, so, no, you don't get excited necessarily about the Vikings beating the Lions. But, you know, they did beat them soundly. And for a team that had not yet won a home game, that a couple weeks ago was one in five and talking about having a fire sale and, you know, worrying about their draft pick. Anytime you beat another NFL team as soundly as they did, I think you can still say that that's a a, a win that tells you something. And uh, you just look at what they're getting out of Dalvin Cook right now and the clear difference that he makes uh, when he's in the lineup. Is he going to rush for 206 yards every week? No, because, again, the Lions, as you said, are a defense that looks like they don't want their coach to be there anymore. Um, but the way he's playing right now and how much better he makes Kirk Cousins when Cousins doesn't have to feel like the pressure is on him to win games when you're only asking him to throw it 15 or 20 times a game, it makes the offensive line better, all those different things. Uh, we, you know, we saw him, obviously he's not throwing the ball as often, uh, but to get the tight ends involved like he did yesterday in a way that they really hadn't for a while. Um, Dalvin Cook just looks like he's the kind of player right now. You know, we've talked for the last few years about how the running back is, is not as important a position anymore in the NFL and that, you know, you can kind of switch them in and out there a dime a dozen, whatever. Well, Dalvin cook and a couple other guys, obviously really seems to be an exception to that rule. He's what the Vikings offense is built around right now, very much in the same way Adrian Peterson was uh, in his prime in that when he's able to run the ball that effectively, it makes the whole rest of the team better. And uh, the nice thing about Dalvin cook, I'm not saying, you know, we, we had this conversation on your, on this show last time, is he better than Adrian Peterson, you know, comparing the two? Wouldn't say that yet, but he's definitely more versatile. Uh, and having that extra dynamic that he's out on the field all the time, better pass receiver, uh, and not even that he's necessarily a better pass blocker than Adrian Peterson, but because he's a better pass receiver, you don't have to take him out of games and then tell the other team that essentially what kind of play is coming up. Um, they're just so much better on offense when he's in there. He's become such a, a game-changing player right now uh, that I think – you know, just watching the highlight shows yesterday uh, and hearing the way the analysts that were talking about the Vikings, you can see that everyone's kind of like, hey, this is a different football team than the one that started off the season one and five. Oh, yeah. Boomer Esiason, CBS at halftime. And CBS doesn't usually have Vikings games. And I know these guys right. are all sitting, no matter if you're Fox, CBS, the NBC guys, b- before they do their they they do their highlight show before their game. Like, they're they're watching all the games at once in some room. But still... I don't know if the CBS guys like Boomer keep a close eye on the Vikings all the time. And he was the first thing he said was, damn, I mean, this team is lost without without Dalvin Cook. It's and it's sad because I thought Alexander Madison was somewhat of the same ilk. But they you know, they had they went downhill against the Seahawks once Dalvin went out and we saw how pathetic they were against the Falcons. But anyway, Dalvin's uh, well right now. He's he's healthy and he's a horse. And that's good. And I'm concerned about Tampa and New Orleans, again, down the road on the schedule, if you get behind those teams and all of a sudden it's more on Kirk's shoulders. I'm I'm really concerned about the Bears, and I'll go through the numbers of Kirk and Dalvin against the Bears the last couple years. Uh, Spoiler alert, it's awful. But for now, uh, Dalvin Cook leads the NFL in rushing. He leads, and that's with playing one fewer game than his contenders. Like Derrick Henry's played one more game than he has. Uh, Leads six yards a carry in the NFL. That's absurd. Uh, he has the most rushing touchdowns, and I'm sure a lot of you have heard by now all the different kinds of back-to-back game uh, accolades, uh, loftiness that Dalvin Cook has reached with these last two games. 
369 yards for, uh, rushing in, in a two-game back-to-back stretch, most combined in Vikings history. And he's up there with Adrian Peterson and Chuck Foreman, the two best other Vikings running back, backs of all time when you want to go scrimmage yards and uh, 225 scrimmage yards and two touchdowns in one game and all that kind of stuff. So uh, it's lofty company. We know that. And he, it, so it's clear the difference we, he makes. Everybody knows that. But how about a little bit of love for South Dakota's own Riley Reef, who we have we had all rightfully relegated to kind of you know, 30 years old, kind of past his prime. Uh, maybe his best years are behind him, just kind of barely hanging on. Uh, not garbage, but mm, shaky with Kirk Cousins' blindside. Him and uh, and uh, Ezra Cleveland and even Garrett Bradbury's had been a, a nice, steady improvement from last year. Like this line is all of a sudden, uh, you know, formidable. Oh, I don't know if I'd go with formidable just yet. <laughs> um, they, they don't collapse as easily. They've certainly been pretty good, you know, based on, um, you know, what our expectations were. And you and I have talked a lot about how, you know, for a couple years uh, in the Teddy Bridgewater, Sam Bradford, Case Keenum era, the Vikings just weren't doing enough to address their offensive line. And, you know, that was the big issue. But over the last couple of years, we've seen them, you know, finally trying to address it through free agency in the draft and having, you know, to be kind, I think, mixed results. Uh, but to be fair, I think we also both said, you know, Riley Reeves sort of is what he is. The young guys are the ones you're a little more disappointed with. But I think also you acknowledge the jury's still out. We're not ready to give up on Esther Cleveland or Garrett Bradbury after a year or two. And now they're starting to, to show some promise. And some of those other young guys are too. And then you throw in the fact that Riley Reef kind of suddenly, magically, out of, I don't want to say out of nowhere, because I think he's been probably a solidly above average offensive lineman throughout his career, but he's never been a Pro Bowl caliber no. guy. And that's no. what you want out of your left tackle, the guy who's protecting your quarterback's blind side. And uh, this year he's been that. I mean, he's braiding out every week as one of the best. He has not missed a single snap all year. I don't think he's been charged with a sack allowed. I never put that in my articles because that stat seems to change on a day-to-day basis. One minute they say it's on you and then the next they change it the next day or whatever. So I don't know, but very few penalties, very few sacks, very few. I mean, and, and obviously playing a huge role in what Dalvin cook is doing. So that makes a big difference that the offensive line is playing so much better. And as long as we're talking about the South Dakota guys too, I mean, CJ ham is really, really good, you know, and, I think it's been hard to know at times just how important he is to that offense because how often do you use a fullback, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, and how how big of a role does he play in it? You know, Dalvin Cook's a great running back. Is he making C.J. Ham look good or the other way around? Uh, but, you know, seeing the numbers every week and how, you know, he played a season, not C.J. did, played a season-high number of downs this week. Uh, I think the fact that the most carry or the most snaps he ever played was the same day that Dalvin Cook had his first career 200 yard game. That's telling. Um, and you see every week Dalvin Cook, Madison, uh, giving him the game ball or letting him spike it after he scores a touchdown. And if you watch the games close enough, you can see the work CJ Ham does. I mean, he is an elite isolation blocker uh, running in front of those tailbacks, let alone the fact that he's a pretty good pass protection, special teams guy, all that. Uh, he's proved to be a really valuable player for the Vikings. And obviously for us who who know him and got to see him play here for four years, that's pretty fun. 
Yeah, it is. And man, that is, who are you, John Madden? He's an elite isolation blocker. Man, I love it. Uh, football talk. Meat and potatoes. Gaskins and Zimmer. Nobody's listening anyway. Uh, and and it's, it's looked like old black and blue NFC North, Bud Grant, Chuck Foreman football from the 70s the last couple of weeks, which is just the way Mike Zimmer likes it. And it packs well. And it should when you go to Soldier Field and play the Bears. Again, if the Vikings want to be serious about being a playoff team, beat the Bears. Now you're a half game back of Chicago when that game is over. And again, Chicago at the moment is right there in seventh position for the seventh and final playoff spot halfway through the year. They, they, they appeared to be a fraud at 5-1, and one, and I guess they are. Uh, they've lost the last three games to the Rams, the Saints, and at Tennessee yesterday. But, Matt, the Vikings with Kirk Cousins and Dalvin Cook, just the Vikings against the Bears, like it feels like the last decade, especially in Chicago. It's usually yeah. a nightmare. And Cousins, uh, for one, this is going to be a Monday night game. He's 0-9 on Monday nights. You know, the old Kirk Cousins under the lights thing. Minnesota's 2-4 and four at Chicago under Mike Zimmer. Uh, Cousins, by the way, uh, his, his numbers, uh, he's about six yards per attempt. He doesn't get downfield. Uh, he, 12 points per game is what he has guided the Vikings to against the Bears in his three games against Chicago uh, the, the last two years before this. Last year, they, he did not play. The starters did not play against the Bears in the regular season finale, so that meant nothing. But he's not getting it downfield. 12 points per game for the offense. He gets sacked an average of four times per game. Dalvin Cook against the Bears, and he sat out the one at the end of last year as well. Last two years, Dalvin Cook is averaging two and a half yards a carry, 36 carries, 84 yards. So he's only getting 12 carries a game, which means they abandon him quite quickly. And his long run is 10 yards, and he only has one rushing touchdown. So, and look, the Bears... Offense and quarterback is, uh, for lack of a better term, also a grease fire. But that's that's a lot of the same Bears defensive playmakers that have made offense horrific for the Vikings that they'll be lining up with against next Monday night. Am I being too doomsday about this? No, I don't think so. Um, I know there were times when the Bears were struggling and the Vikings were doing pretty well where you kind of looked at both the Bears and Lions as, you know, at minimum, you win three of those four games in a year, and you, you kind of hope that you can get a sweep. That was always a potential thing, When again, when the Bears were struggling. Last couple of years, they haven't necessarily been, and, and the last few times the Vikings have gone to Chicago haven't haven't gone real well, obviously. And some of them have just been awful games on both ends. Oh. It's not like the Bears played great. I mean, the last few that I remember have been shit shows, essentially. I mean, you, even the Bears walked away from it going, geez, that was ugly. And I wouldn't be at all surprised if that was the case again in this one. I mean, the Bears are playing better on defense than they are on offense, but their offense, a complete mess. The quarterback situation you mentioned. Um, I, I certainly don't think anyone's expecting this to be a high-scoring game. You know, this could be another one of those, like, was the one a couple of years ago. I think it was the game Sam Bradford tried to come back when he his near was, oh, he yes. was clearly. I think we watched that spreading. together. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think the Vikings won like eight to six or something. I don't remember what it was. It was brutal. Yes. Yeah. And uh, just a terrible football game. I wouldn't be surprised. It's like that again. Uh, The difference is, I think, just in kind of listening to some of the stats he rattled off there is, you know, is the Vikings improved offensive line going to be able to make a difference? Because obviously it sounds like they need to start fast in that game if they fall behind and find where they have to you know, not necessarily abandon Dalvin Cook, but can't make him the focal point as much. If they have to throw the ball more, if they have to put it in the hands of Kirk Cousins, that's obviously not going to bode well. It wouldn't bode well for them against any opponent in any venue. 
uh, but this one in particular, based on what we've seen the last couple times. Uh, Dalvin Cook's been a good running back since he's been in the NFL, obviously, but right now he's probably playing as well as he ever has. Uh, and that could be, again, some of the things we talked about, not the least of which the offensive line is playing so much better. So if that can continue, if the Vikings really have sort of, you know, uncovered a new version of their offensive line that's actually a better than average NFL unit, maybe that's what makes the difference in them finally being able to go to Soldier Field and put together a halfway decent offensive game plan, offensive game, because if they do, that's probably going to be enough to win based on what the Bears are doing right now on, on their offense. Yeah. All right. Well, and it'll be a Monday night, so we're going to have to figure out what we're going to do about that uh, with with this podcast because we usually tape on Monday nights before the Monday night football game. But Vikings are in a position in a weak and weird NFC to you know, make the playoffs. And, of course, they get there, you're going to have to have more production out of your passing game and your quarterback can't wet his pants like Cousins too often does. But the Vikings have already beaten or come really close to beating two of the top teams in the NFC, the Packers and the Seahawks. So who the hell knows? We'll see. There's a long way to go. Uh, it's just a, it's a weird year. It's 2020. It's COVID. It makes things interesting. Like it, it can't even, it, it, it's, it put a stain. And by the way, do you have any other NFL takes or do you want to move on to college real quick? I just have one college football take. I think the Vikings are the only game I watched yesterday. Okay. So. Yeah. Well, COVID put a stain on the Clemson Notre Dame game. It was look under the lights and obviously the crowds aren't as big. Notre Dame Stadium, like any stadium, like the Vikings Stadium, like the Superdome, just not as fun without a full, full force of fans and the electricity. But it was still, it was great. It was a preview of a college football playoff game, probably a one versus four. It was really, it's always really cool. I think, uh, even though I don't, I, I, I normally root against Notre Dame to see Notre Dame relevant in a game like that and win it. But the game was without the best player in college football and a, a player who legitimately appears to have uh, were you know, possibly infringing on Andrew Luck territory of, oh, yes, he's going to be good in the NFL. Maybe, maybe not, but he's definitely a fun watch. And I don't think Notre Dame wins that game if Trevor Lawrence is the quarterback because Clemson still went to overtime or whatever it was, double overtime, without him. And uh, but that's what you know, that's what COVID has done at all levels of football this year. We're happy to get it. Uh, and by the way, did you watch? Did you watch that game? Did it did it pique your interest at all? It's probably the biggest regular season college football game we're going to have. That's outside of the SEC. Uh, I turned it on in the fourth quarter when I saw on Twitter what was happening. Okay. And watched it to the end. Although I wasn't like intently, you know, with every play. I just kind of had it on. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't didn't really get you going. And uh, I was more excited about Dave Chappelle hosting Saturday Night Live. I wanted to, like most people I was watching on Twitter, just the, these are just the hors d'oeuvres and the cocktails. Did you watch that, by the way? Did you stay up for that? Were you interested? I did watch most of that, yeah. And uh, we don't want to get too political on this podcast. A lot of it was because, you know, it was the day Biden won the election. But whew, uh, Chappelle usually delivers because uh, he, he did with his own show years ago. And uh, he should when he's on Saturday Night Live. I thought his monologue was pretty great. Yes. Go watch Chappelle's monologue. That's all we'll say about that. Uh, I, do th I do think it's interesting, going back to COVID, because this is all part of our lives. And who doesn't love talking about COVID? But uh, um, today we learned that Tom Izzo, the basketball coach at Michigan State, has COVID. Uh, the head coach for Arkansas's football team, A&M. 
uh, cancels practice today. LSU had a new outbreak. Ed Orgeron went on 60 Minutes and borderline bragged about how most of his team got it already this summer, so wouldn't have to deal with it this year. I'm paraphrasing. I don't think I'm being dangerous by paraphrasing it that way. And so they might not play Alabama this week, which uh, wouldn't be much of a game anyway because Bo Pelini's defense is one of the worst in the country. So I'm going to be deprived of enjoying Nick Saban and Alabama uh, destroying a Bo Pelini defense. Uh, and Mississippi State, Auburn, might be canceled. It's just, uh, and, you know, it's affecting things here uh, with the crossover tournament that the, that the Sanford and the Sanford Pentagon are still managing to find a way to, to get great fields, but it's been a revolving door potentially because of COVID both here and in the places of the teams that are, that are backing out. Yeah, it's, I mean, things are obviously trending in a really bad direction nationally and certainly regionally. I got a really bad feeling about this, uh, the crossover classic at Sanford. Uh, for selfish reasons, I want it to happen, but I just don't see how it's going to be able to. You know, these, basically the situation is so bad in South Dakota right now that anyone who comes here from another state has to quarantine for 14 days when they get home because we've got so much COVID here. So, you know, if you're a college, what, what, how are they going to make that worth it to you to be like, yeah, okay, we'll sit for two weeks just so we can play these three games in South Dakota. It seems like a pretty tough sell. Uh, so you've already lost two of the best teams from the field, Utah and Ohio state. Um, you know, then you lose uh, Dayton. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I've been told that Kansas has one of these 14 day mandatory quarantine things. So if that's the case, Wichita state, wouldn't they be, probably potentially about to bail. I mean, I don't know how, how much is, and how many times do you try to, you know, sub one team in for another to, I mean, at what point has the entire event completely changed its complexion? You know, this was sold as a major college event, a, a major MTE coming to South Dakota. And, you know, it's going to be, Hey, ESPN is going to televise the shit out of this. Every single game is going to be on the family of networks, national TV. Is ESPN going to give a shit if it ends up being just a bunch of mid major schools from the Midwest and all the major conference schools have left. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they're going to, are they still even going to tell I mean, I don't know if there's contractual language there that they end up having to continue televising. I, I don't know how that works, but um, I would guess the Sanford guys are really nervous right now. I mean, every press release that they send out announcing a new team in the field, they don't even bother to mention why, you know, they just no. conveniently overlook that, which is fine. I get it. I, I'm not, yeah. you know, saying that they should do otherwise. It's just, you know, you can't pretend you don't know what's going on here and look at how things are trending. Uh, there's no end in sight, really. I mean, there's there's nothing to indicate that uh, South Dakota or any other part of the country is turning the corner, as some have said. I mean, it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. I mean, I think over 100 South Dakotans have already died in November. And how how many months did it take us to get to 100 deaths, you know, when this pandemic first started? And, you know, regardless of what you think about how careful we need to be about this stuff, those numbers are are real numbers. And whether you're a, a, you know, a basketball coach or an athletic director or a school president or, or whatever, people are looking at and think, at that and going, well, I don't know. And it has to make you worry, too. Like, you know, we've mostly got through high school football season here in South Dakota. And I, I think we as a state should be commended for how well we were able to do that. Uh, but now the games are moving inside to the Dome this weekend. Uh, that, mm. that, that has the potential to be not good news. Yeah. Um, and then, and then when that's over, uh, you know, high school basketball, wrestling, all that stuff is supposed to start on time. And that'll be a little bit different when you're playing in small enclosed gyms as to pl playing outside in big football stadiums 
where it's wide open air and people can spread out pretty easily. So um, <laughs> I guess what I'm getting at is, you know, we can sit here and talk about the Vikings every week or the World Series and, and all that stuff at those high levels because they have the resources to make this work kind of no matter what the circumstances are. It's not really like that, you know, regionally, locally, high school, college level. Uh, so, you know, the idea that we're, we're close to not having COVID affect our sports lives anymore, I don't think that's the case. And, and I'm just personally, as a sports fan and as someone who gets, who, you know, make their living off of local sports, yeah. I'm nervous. I'm really nervous about it. I, I'm nervous and I'm pissed. Um, it, it might not be pretty if we did this topic and we still have the daily show uh, with me and you or with me and Craig Maddock. And Craig Maddock's coming up in a few minutes and uh, can't wait from the Gateway Lounge. A little John and Craig, Craig and John reunion, but uh, I'm pissed because the kinds of things I see on social media, the kinds of things I hear in person uh, when I am out of the house uh, from people and some attitudes South Dakotans have, it's no wonder we're, we're a leader in the state in this. And we don't really want to harp on this topic because everywhere you look, everybody else does. We want to make this podcast kind of a sanctuary away from both the topic and any debate uh, and, and rancor about the COVID or the election or politics. But it's, I'm pissed because I hear people say things like, you know what, maybe, you know, you know, one game, a local game here was, is Lennox T. Okay. Lennox had to cancel and a game against T in the playoffs because they had several COVID cases and they were probably going to get destroyed anyway. Everybody knows that, but uh, T's the number one team in the state, but somebody in my town said, um, you know, they may as well just, the kids may as well just, 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 just play the game. Those kids from T are going to get it sometime too. You might as well just play the game, get them, get, get them to get it and get it over with. <laughs> you know, a lady that I run into last week uh, said, uh, you know, I just, I was keeping my distance and she could tell. And I said, yeah, I, I want to call a state championship game. A, I don't want to get COVID. I don't. I've heard how sick people are. You and I both know people. Paul Heinert's one of them. Uh, our good friend Stephanie. Like, uh, healthy people our age who have had it. And they didn't die, but it walloped them uh, for two weeks. And I want to work. I don't want to get, I don't want to not be able to do the state championship game on Saturday. So I'm being more careful than I normally am. And, uh, and then I hear people say things like, you know, man, I just maybe I, I just wish I would get it. I don't I, get it and get it over with. You know, then we won't be. I used to, to think that. And, I used to uh, want to get it, but it, now it, I'm afraid. You know, now I'm afraid it'll kill me. I mean, I, yes. you know, it, prob it probably won't. I, I've seen the numbers. You yeah, know, I know that it's 98, 99 percent that I'll survive. Whatever. Yeah. Um, but that, but you know, we don't. And yeah, you're right. I don't want to get into this. This is all stuff people already know. They're not coming to us for this kind of information. Right. But I will say. You know, my mom has it right now. She uh -huh. tested positive uh -huh. and she's 60 years old and I'm worried about it. And yeah. I'm even more worried about her husband. He's 66, not in the greatest shape. He's already showing symptoms. That's not good. Uh, my neighbor across the street has it right now. He just tested positive a couple of days ago. Uh, he doesn't strike me as the healthiest guy. He's locked down in his house. Just tell me about the symptoms. I mean, it's, you know, you, you, it's easy to, to wake up every morning and look at the numbers and you kind of get numb to them, like 1,500 new cases, 1,300 new cases, 1,200 new cases. It's kind of easy to, to get numb to it when it doesn't hit you. And then, boom, all of a sudden it does. You know, the next minute now you've got it or someone very close to you has it. And if this continues, you know, we're all either going to get it or, you know, be directly affected by someone who does. And, uh, you know, trying to continue to – it's one thing to say, you know, we have to get on with your lives. You can't just lock down for I, – I agree. I don't think we all should be hunkered down in our houses and not ever leaving or anything like that. That – causes just as many problems as it solves i think yeah um, but 
to think that we can, you know, gather 10,000 people for a football game or a concert, stuff like that. I think that's a bad idea. And I'm just afraid that if we keep doing that, we're going to end up losing college football in the spring. All, all these things that we've, we've kicked that, the can down the road, trying to do it later. Yeah. You know, if, if we can't, if this doesn't improve, we're just going to have to cancel it again and again and again. And God knows how long it's going to be till anything, you know, gets back to any semblance of normal. Yeah. And by the way, 60 and 66 is just too damn old to die. I mean, when people are in a, in people like us in our forties and we still kind of feel young, we're getting a little, slower and fatter you know by the day and realizing our age but still it feels like we're a long way away from the finish line well so is 60 and 66 uh and i have a good friend whose mom is about 60 and just had a light cough two weeks ago thursday five days later she's in uh the emergency room and she's fighting for her life and after eight days in the hospital in omaha she's out thank goodness but nobody should have to go through it and she's in education she's uh, she works at a, a an elementary school Mm-hmm. And it's just far too real and for anybody to go through to have that cavalier of an attitude about it. But that'll be enough of our discussion. The, the, I mean, the good news is we mostly get, we got through the high school football season unscathed. And that's where we'll end the Zim portion of this. And uh, Craig will have plenty more because Craig is, uh, you know, probably taking a big study break to do this podcast with me. He'll be calling five or six or seven state title games. Uh, you, you, by the way, I recommend people go uh, to Z- Matt Zimmer's Twitter account or just theargusleader.com and read about your, your, your favorite high school football playoff games of all time uh, of the 17 years you've covered high school football here because you're right, and we got it again at Howard Wood. Both you and I were there on Friday state semifinals. It seems like there's always a classic game. Uh, we, you know, we have seven classes, and that's a joke to everybody else. We only have... You know, 10 teams in the largest class and eight teams in the second largest class. And some of the smaller classes only have 16 to 20 teams. But you know what's good news about that? You get I mean, the top four or five teams in every class. You just know you're going to have some awesome games in the postseason. And uh, it wasn't, you know, probably wasn't even top five, but Harrisburg-Roosevelt Friday night, not too shabby. A big upset, a good story. Yeah, I think you would add it to the the list of some of the great ones. Like I agree with you. It's not at the very, very top of the list. Um, but it was, you know, once again, I wrote that article the day before on Thursday and was kind of thinking to myself, you know, what are the chances that I'm going to get another one here the next day? Pretty good, probably. Right. And sure enough, that's what happened. I mean, kind of by luck, I seem to I'm always, I, I mean, every year I usually draw the semifinal coverage because uh, it's almost always at Howard Wood Field. It's usually three or four Sioux Falls teams involved in it. You know, a few years there, it was a double header every year. Man, that was fun. Uh, and I would get the assignment because, humble brag, I'm usually the one guy who can turn around two stories on deadline quick enough. So they would always send, they would always send me to, to the wood to like, okay, can you knock out these two stories by ten o'clock? And uh, it was hard work to do that. But it I don't was think so that was that fun. humble of a brag. But go on. <laughs> well, but it, but it so two years two years in a row though, that's what it was. Where and the one year especially, uh, I think it was. 42-41 and 41-40 or whatever it was with uh, O'Gorman Washington and Brandon Roosevelt. I mean, that was insane. That, I mean, I yeah. think, you know, I've covered a lot of awesome games, college, pro and everything, but combining those two into one to go to, to a high school football doubleheader and have the first game be this amazing back and forth, one point, could have gone either way, game for a championship. Be like, man, you'll never see a game like that again. And then the very next one was like absolutely lived up to it. I mean, that was crazy. That was the kind of thing. If if you wrote that as fiction, people would be like, uh, "That's a little bit." You might want to tone it down. No one's going to believe that sort of thing. That's how crazy it was. Yeah. And it's been like that so many years. 
And again, the one just the other night wasn't quite like that, um, but it was very much, you know, a game that was up for grabs till the very end. And you had obviously the drama of a huge upset, Roosevelt being this top ranked team that everyone kind of had penciled in. Yes. At least, at least getting to the dome and probably cruising to a title. Harrisburg being, you know, these new kids on the block that just a few years ago were class 11A in the space of just a few years, they've jumped up two classes to now where they're not just on the same playing field as these Sioux Falls powerhouses, but beating them. Um, and you know, when, when so many schools out there are saying you can't beat Sioux Falls, you know, so let's not even try for this school to say, Hey, we'll do it. And then to beat them in their second year and be one, I don't think they're going to win the championship. Um, but you know, <laughs> nobody thought that Max, <laughs> but nobody thought they were going to beat uh, Roosevelt either. So I wouldn't put it past them. And that's the kind of stuff we don't get enough of in high school football because so many schools, you know, whatever, whatever the reasoning is, we're still trying to do this thing where we crown as many champions as we can and having seven classes and having these playoff fields where there aren't any good games until you get to the championship. And, you know, I wish there were more games like one and there would be if we made this a little bit more competitive and it just, you know, I'm never rooting for anyone because, you know, we just want to see good games and be entertained by it as, and I, I say that at we, as in us in the media, uh, but it's really hard not to root for Harrisburg just because of what they're doing right now. Mm. You know, how they've kind of taken this, no one can beat Sioux Falls thing and just met it head on and uh, are overachieving so quickly. It's not going to be, you know, another year or two before they're probably going to be the biggest school in the state's top class. And then what, you know, everyone was sending me the jokes on Twitter, like how long before Sioux Falls says, we don't want to be in the same class as Harrisburg. <laughs> yeah. Obviously it's a joke, but I mean, it's a good joke because of, you know, how crazy our system is. Uh, so that's been fun to see. No doubt. And I'll have a slightly contrarian and maybe unpopular take that it is the first time in 17 years. It, the state championship at the highest level doesn't involve a Sioux Falls team, but these are Sioux Falls teams. I mean, these are, these right. are these are, these are, te- are these are these are these are suburbs, okay? And a lot of these kids, the best players, uh, you know, they go to the Riggs Football Academy. They they have access to within ten minutes. Now Harrisburg has a great life there, and that gym is uh, huge. It's it's mammoth. They have they have good places to train and access to really good trainers if their parents have the resources. So I mean, let's not pretend these are like Aberdeen and Watertown making it. Uh, I agree with you. Yeah. I agree with you. But the point still. Harrisburg was just class 11A just a few years yeah, ago. True, yes. You know, so the fact it's not even so much about the numbers as just that they aren't whining about it. They weren't. They didn't bitch when it was like, oh god, we have to move up because we're getting bigger. Yeah. They've met that challenge head on. That's yes, I agree with you. They, they Brandon Harrisburg, uh, <laughs> T probably isn't too far off nope, either. A lot not of at all. Cool. And they're great. Know? Yeah. Right. Right. But still, it's good to see a school embrace that instead of saying, well, we don't think we it's, we shouldn't have to move up and play those guys. They said, yeah, let's do it, and now they're one went away from a state championship at the 11 AAA level. And we'll see who's going to win. We'll get Craig Maddox thoughts on all this in a moment. Uh, we end the Zim portion with this masters week. Who do you got Zim? Now that you've followed John Daly and uh, the, the geezers at the Sanford international for a few days and said you, you it made you interested in the U S open. Well, you got the masters. You going to watch who do you got Bryson DeChambeau or the field. DeChambeau. He's my guy now. Is he really? I had never heard of him until I watched <laughs> 20 minutes. The headline at ESPN.com at about noon today is Bryson DeChambeau about to tear the Masters apart. All right. Uh, well, you can. Uh, I, I'd ask you to come over to my house or we could meet at the Gateway to watch uh, the first and second round on Thursday and Friday. But um, 
No, you're you're about you're about to go catch COVID at uh, the gateway. I'm not going to catch COVID. They do a nice job of. Spacing. Oh, no, I'm not blaming them. I'm not blaming them. I'm blaming you. Yeah, spacing things out, uh, which they will. And I'll make sure to sit six feet away from Maddox anyway. Uh, did, Gilbert get, did Gilbert get COVID at his Halloween party? Not that I know of. <laughs> Has he been tested? Yes, because he had severe chest pains, scarily enough. Oh. I don't want to take this on a down note, but uh, you know, he, had, he had chest pains several nights in a row, and, and he has asthma and some respiratory issues, so... He did go in to just see what was wrong, and fortunately, nothing. But a COVID test was part of it, and he was negative. So that's good news. That is good news. I'm glad to hear it. Whoopee. All right. Uh, we'll talk again next week. Why are you laughing? That was a terrible outro. Fuck you. Yes. That's I'm ready whenever you are. When, when are you ready? I am ready whenever you are. Do you think I'm ready? I'm always ready. <laughs> Yes, I am ready. I've been ready for a long, long time for this special edition of Nobody's Listening Anyway. At the Gateway Mall, best place in Sioux Falls to go watch sports or hang out. And I'm hanging out. It's a great place to hang out with friends. And I am hanging out with, sincerely, one of my dear friends. Uh, Jackson, the manager, he's here somewhere tonight. But I'll be, I'm hanging out with Jackson at some point. Jackson's uh, a good man. <laughs> <laughs> and this guy right now, who uh, who uh, I, I'm thrilled to have Craig Maddock here. Uh, by the way, sorry about the whole miscommunication about the time thing, about when we were doing this. There's a bit of a mix-up there. I ended up being a little late. Come on, my social calendar is really busy right here. And uh, I know you were really... I got people to see. <laughs> I know you were extremely thrown off by... Uh, by the mistiming of things when it came to me. I'm sure you had no way. I've been used there. to it for like, what, 10 years? <laughs> we were, I said, I gotta get used to it again. I, I asked you, when are you available? And you said, anytime after five. And I said, how about 5.30? And you thought that's when we were gonna start. So you got here that's right. earlier than that. All that matters is that we're here. And you had wings. And I haven't left yet. You haven't, that's right. <laughs> I am thrilled that yes. you haven't left yet. Yeah. Um, because uh, there's, you know, you've left a, you have left the radio industry and uh, that happened a while. Well, I guess the radio industry kind of left you more than that. I mean, you could have come back to the radio industry. Well, but... you and I both were laid off on May 8th. Yep. Okay. And then, you know, we were, we were told, uh, well, we're going to hope to have you back uh, when sports comes back. And, and that was the point in time I kind of knew that, you know, in my mind that I was not going to come back, that I'd been contemplating retirement for a while. And... I, it was about two weeks after that. It was right before Memorial Day. I had made the decision in the back of my mind that it didn't matter if they were going to call me and say, let's, let's, let's get our, our program back together, um, that I was not going to go back. But I didn't really tell anybody that because you know, I, I just didn't want to because I went into hibernation mode, tried to you know, stay low and, and enjoy really the time away the, i mean yeah. 45 years in the radio business and it has it has changed so much in the last 4 or 5 years and and i was ready i was ready um, to retire and it wasn't until right after 4th of july that i determined what i wanted to do what i was capable of doing cuz let's face it uh, I, I can't totally retire retire cuz i'm not 65 yet 
Um, so I finally figured out what I wanted to do. Wait, you're not do. 65 yet? Not yet. Oh, my God. I thought you, you, it's to me. It's felt like I feel like I've been talking to a <laughs> sixty-five or seventy-year-old for years. Well, I'm, okay. a, I'm ahead of my time. <laughs> so, so I did, determined what I wanted to do, and and so so I, I did it and made that decision in in early part of July that I was going to retire from radio, and I, I feel very comfortable with that decision. You know, I'm I'm still in broadcasting because yes. I'm working with South Dakota Public Broadcasting. I've been with them for over 20 years, doing the high school championships. I'm continuing to do that. And it was in July, they called me and said, hey, we want, to, we want you to do a podcast for us every, every two weeks. Yeah. So I, you know, I thought about it. You know, I was like, because I, I have another full-time job that I'm, I'm busy with, you know, and, and do I want to add that to my schedule? And, and we said, all right, we're going to try it out. We're going to we're going to do it. We'll start in September. So since September, every two weeks, I've been doing a podcast for South Dakota Public Broadcasting, and it features just high school sports, mm-hmm. which is which has been great. And uh, so you know, I'm, I'm doing that, and you know, I'm I'm working full time in the construction industry in Sioux Falls. It's something totally different than what I've been doing. Yeah, and I and I feel good about it. It's it's great. Um, I feel really good at where I'm at. Um, I certainly. I, I kind of miss the, the afternoon get-togethers that we would have and discuss whatever's going on. Oh, good. That was my next question. I've been um, really self-absorbed uh, See, I waited this. at the very end to say that. <laughs> <laughs> at least you remembered to say that. Uh, if so, only to appease me. Right. So, you know, it's like, okay. And, um, you know, I'm feeling really good. I mean, good. it's, it's yeah. You know, I don't miss the radio gig at all. I miss the people. Yeah. Because there are great people out there, yeah, in the in the radio business, and the people that you and I would associate, of course, whether it's athletic directors, coaches, players, other I mean, people dumb enough to be in the fraternity we, of, of radio broadcasters. We, we ran into so many people, yeah, and you and I know so many people, and not running into those people, uh, I miss that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for the most part, hey, it's I'm doing great. Uh, well, I was going to ask you did. Wasn't was there anything that was going to bring you back? Like, oh, I can't stop doing shows with John. I feel like I partly, um, <laughs> you know, I I've been I've been personally a little bit like I'm I've been really happy for you, but kind of like wow, I, I, I must have been I must have been really something you didn't want to come back to. That that was not in the back of my mind at all. <laughs> Zero. Uh, the only thing, and I, I knew the only thing that would have gotten me back a lot more money. If it was a lot more money, I would have I would have gone back, and I'm talking a lot more. And Did, I know for a fact there's no way that that company would be doing doing that. Now I want to follow this up. We've gone under the radar. Craig doesn't need an introduction because most people listening know Craig, and he's the voice of South Dakota Public Broadcasting for their state championship football games this weekend and all the state championship events, all the sports, all of them. He does all of them. Uh, and he has been doing it for years, 20 years, with uh, football and basketball, which is the ones that everybody across the state watches and identifies with. But, of course, not only uh, the original Sports Talk host of Sioux Falls on daily commercial radio, but did it with Sports Talk with Craig and whoever, four different co-hosts for 20 years. Uh, Mike, Bob, Chris, and John. John. Oh, yeah, John, you were in there. My name is John. John. Yes, yes. And is I was your J-O-N? co-host. J-O-N? Uh, H-N. <laughs> For those of you who John twice. For those of you who might possibly want to employ me, 
uh, you know, and have a proposal. I, I do spell my name with an H. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so, I mean, not a big deal. Who cares? Um, but, yeah, you and I did the show for seven combined years, 08 to 11. I left for Lincoln for five years, uh, came back, and, uh, you know, you brought me back, which I was th- very, very thrilled about. Uh, but seriously, uh, we did it, and we did it again for four years after Chris Tubbs uh, left the market, and uh, I married Gilbert, who lives here, who I had met my first time here. So I credit you a lot with what, with a lot of what I have for my life. Period. You well, hired me. That. You hired me out of Worthington, Minnesota, to come here, which was like going to Manhattan. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, and, I, and, the, and the reason, uh, I mean, after after Henriksen decided to leave, because him and I started it. Did it the and first five years. First five. And then he decided to, he was going to start Sportsmax Radio. Mm-hmm. And so then I, I needed to find a new co-host. And Bob Laskowski was out in Rapid City, he, icon out there oh, for yeah. 35 years. And he, well, he told me a couple of years before that, he, hey, maybe someday I can come work for you. Not necessarily maybe doing a sports talk show yeah. with me, but just to work at KWSN with me. He'd be closer to his grandkids. And I thought, you know what? I can hire Bob. I don't have to train somebody to know, to, to say peer, right? Um, <laughs> a guy that knows the area. And so, you know, Bob stayed with us for three years. Then he retired. Mm-hmm. He retired. And then, and then um, who, who was after him? Was it you? It was me. Oh, okay. And then uh, I applied for the one that he got, <laughs> by the way. I had been in Worthington yes. for a year yes. and, and had been listening and, uh, to you and Mike right. and loved the show. And I, I know who you were back there. And, right. and I could tell back then that you were an up-and-coming talent that – was getting his feet wet in a smaller market and uh, felt that, you know, you were ready to move to Sioux Falls. I felt that. After the first time around or the second time around? After there was a second time? Yeah, I applied when Bob got it. I applied. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I remember that. But you were you were ready. And so, uh, I, I mean, I did the nationwide search, and I, I got a ton of apps from, you know, people all across the country. But yet you were still local enough. You knew you could say peer correctly. I think I could. So I didn't have to train anybody. And so yeah. you that was one of the main reasons why I got you is mm-hmm. because you were in the area. You were up and coming. I could I could help mold you and train you to the Ooh, way that I yes. wanted. Yeah. But, but I knew that uh, I, I didn't have to do a lot of training because you were ready. You know, and then you were ready to go start your own sports talk station in Lincoln. Mm-hmm. You were ready. Mm-hmm. You were ready. You know, I, you know, I... I didn't say don't go. I told you you should go because you had that opportunity, and it was—I mean, your hometown and everything. So it was a great opportunity for you. It was, and so was this coming back. Now, by the way, the yeah, first, I'm still trying to figure that one. The, out. the first time, <laughs> the, before before we get to that, the first time around, uh, how much were seriously? How I can ask you this because you're not working for the company anymore. I'm still a part timer, but it's been a long time. It was 12 years ago. I think there's a you know a grandfather clause here or whatever statute. Stat, what is it? The statute. Statute of, of limitations. How much were you perhaps regretting hiring me the first time around when within I don't know a week or a month of the show I made a remark. Uh, oh yeah, that almost got you fired. That almost got yeah. me fired. Yeah. It, it had to do with terrorism. Yeah. I'll, we'll just leave it at that. That, that surprised it, me. It ticked off a lot of military people. It surprised me because when you're in this business, um, you have to know what you can, what limitations you have when you're saying something. Yeah. Such as you're at a game and you're doing a high school game and an athlete absolutely sucks 
and you say that they absolutely <laughs> suck, you can't do that. Yes. There are ways you got to be couth about things. Or if they're of a certain physical right. stature it's, and you can't necessarily use certain words to describe right. their physical you know, stature. They're fat. You, know, you yeah. can't, you can't <laughs> right. do that. Right. And, you know, you, you just slipped. You slipped on that. And, and we all have. Oh, I thought I, I thought I was being real and, and bringing some spice to the Sioux Falls market uh, and telling well, it. Well, you learned really, quickly that, oh that, my God. that didn't. This was a story in the Argus. We had calls to the GM. I thought I was done. I thought I had screwed it up big time. So I don't know why you stayed with it, but uh, thank you for doing that. Mainly because I didn't have to go through all the paperwork <laughs> again and trying to find someone. <laughs> That's right. I've had to go through that, oh, too, because I had to do that in Lincoln at what my own job, running a station. Is. It is a pain to go around and look for it. And uh, so I was hoping I would get the job back because I heard there was an opening uh, in 2016 after I'd been in Lincoln for five years, and I could have been there forever. But I met someone while I was here, and then we were already uh, going to get married and thought we were going to have a long-distance marriage. And um, so I was really appreciative and still am, even though our show came to well, an it was end. Well, e- it was easy then, too, because by far you were the most qualified because yeah. you knew the area. That was mm-hmm. that was key. Yeah. You knew how to say uh, peer. <laughs> I did. I had not forgotten. <laughs> yes. Uh, you knew the area. So, I, st- it, I still got so my hair crossed about Huron. Is it Huron or Huron? I do Huron, but anyway. Okay. But, it, but it was easy then, too, because yeah. uh, it meant that, that you, plus with your five I was expecting five years of expertise in Lincoln that you could handle other behind-the-scenes managerial things. And when I couldn't do something, I just hand it off to you, and you do it. Yeah. So that's the way it worked. There you go. Uh, by the way, did, did you? because you said – I don't think most people understand that um, Craig and I were not just – especially Craig were not just relieved of our – like the sports talk show was not all we did. It was more of my responsibility throughout the day to produce the show and be in charge of the website. But people thought that's all we did. And uh, I think most people understood Some you didn't were... Some th- think we did it very well. <laughs> Meant most. <laughs> uh, and obviously not well enough or we'd still be on the air. But, uh, right, that's not actually true, is it? We weren't, we weren't kicked off the air because we weren't doing a good enough job. Or were we? All they told us... How do us, you feel about all it? All they told... Well, we... we <laughs> It was, they said it was COVID-related. Right. And let's face it, sports had come to a halt. Yes, it had. And, and we and were doing. I thought we were doing some of our best shows without sports. I agree with you. I agree with you. We we had some great stories on uh, athletes and coaches and issues. Uh, and we got I, a little goofy. We had some fun. You I, know. I think I think it was it was going very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the company, the company that we were with, saw a massive uh, reduction in income with their other stations as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think uh, ours was the easy one uh, to lay off um, because the other stations were generating a lot more revenue. And, and ours weren't generating that much revenue compared to the others. And so I think ours was easy. Yeah. It was easy. Mm-hmm. It was easy for us to say that for them to go, okay, hey, we'll just lay you off. You guys get your COVID money and then we'll, you know, hopefully, you know, because we were thinking back then, you know, by mid to late summer that everything would be back yeah. of course it hasn't yet uh, well, except well, for the nfl a lot but, of things are back but the but, local uh, stuff isn't back right but, you know and, high school's and, back and i and i'm and i'm pretty confident that it's not going to come back well, at least you and i we're not coming back but you know yeah. whether whether they decide if things totally change by next spring you can only wait so long Right. Well, I, I've been willing to wait. You haven't, because I understand. I mean, 45 years of radio, 20 years doing that show, 21 years running that station. And that's the deal is Craig ran the station. I don't think most people have an idea 
that most of the day you were working on running the station. So, uh, and I don't, I don't know if they really want to know what that was really all about, but it wasn't just getting ready for the talk show all day long. I mean, it was... Dealing contracts, uh, you're, 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 dealing with contracts yeah. with uh, sports properties that we had, not just with KWSN, yeah. but our sports properties with, with, with our... With all of our stations. You were down in the dungeon on a computer doing all kinds of stuff that uh, is really not the glitzy and glamoury fun part of sports broadcasting. That's the part you don't miss, well, right? But but I enjoyed that, though, because, yeah. I mean, when you mean you programmed. You programmed the station in Lincoln. I, I'll be honest. I, had, I didn't have yeah. to do to the extent that you had to do. I didn't have to do a lot of the tedious stuff of programming things to make sure they're going to be running on the station properly. I didn't deal with too many contracts or affidavits. God forbid I would have, you know, have, ever have to do that. Right. I, I just had to make a lot of decisions for our station. Other, anyway, I mean, I... I'll tell you what, there's a, there's a deeper appreciation in that building now for that daily job that you had. I'll just say that. Just remember, I just said, hey, well, it takes us a lot more money for me to come back. <laughs> well, that'd be great. A lot. Because I'd love to have you back. Because, it's not gonna, but it's not going to happen. Okay, and, and I, I, I'm being, I'm, I know it's not going to happen, and uh, it part of, part of me is very sad about that, but I, and I don't know about you because um, I, I was being somewhat facetious and joking and somewhat, and somewhat truly self-absorbed with wondering how much of that part do you miss. And I'm not, this isn't just with doing it with me, per, period, uh, the, the John part of it, but the, you know, I'm, there's part of me that is struggling with not being on the radio every day. I mean, I, I, I did it for 15 years. Um, this is nice to do once a week, and I wanted to come back and do games. Some people thought I was crazy for running back to the company that laid me off to do games. But I love doing games. I'm glad I'm doing it. Um, this summer, without much sports going on, was the best time, I think you would agree, to not be in that business. I really enjoyed the summer off from doing it. I've always wondered what it would be like just to not have to do a show every day. But there is part of me that is kind of uh, struggling with it. Do you? Is there any part of you that wish, that misses having the 3 o'clock, here we go again? Uh, zero. Yeah. And I'm very truthful on that. I don't miss it one bit. Um, I don't stay awake at night going, man, did I make the wrong decision? Is that because you did it for so long or you got that, tired of me? Or? Uh, it, it did not get tired of you. It, it was, again, it was 21 years programming the station, yeah. 45 years in the business. And like I said early on, this business has changed so much yeah. that, um, you know what, I tired of it. And yeah. I always told my kids that if you don't have a spark for what you're doing, mm-hmm. you know, do something else. Yeah. And I had pretty much lost the spark. I had sucked the life out of you. Because you you had not. It was just, <laughs> you know, the COVID thing had nothing to do with it. With Because I had been thinking about retirement anyway yes, over you the had. last year you or had. so. You told me when I walked in the door four years ago that, you know, I'm going to do this another five years when or I, so. When I'm 62, I'm going to retire. Yeah. Okay. And I've got less than... Less than a year before that happens. Mm-hmm. Now, am I going to when that time comes? Well, things have changed a little bit. Yeah, things have changed a little bit. But I'm at that point where I knew that you know it's time to hang it up. Mm-hmm. And maybe the layoff was just a little pushing me out the door, pushing me up ahead to you know go ahead, go do something else. Yes. For a while. And by the way, so you're not down in the dungeon working on affidavits and making sure that you won't be called to work at 2 in the morning or 1 in the morning when the NFL game... Oh, when the computer's not working? When the computer's... That <laughs> the automation system? ...the game working automatically. There were a lot of late nights and interrupted uh, sleep for, for Craig as part of that job. Uh, and then the radio show on top of that from 3 to 6 every day. 
Uh, so you're not doing that anymore, and you're doing something completely different. Because pe- most people know uh, that you're doing this podcast, which I do want to talk about for SDPB. And, of course, this, this, you know, this weekend's your time to shine with Curtis Riggs and your crew for state football. But, um, and I know you've got to get home and get working on that. But your day job to me is, uh, I don't know why it's, fa- it, I, there's, fa- fa- there's fascination in what is not fascinating about it because it's so different. And there's such a different level of stress and responsibility to mm-hmm. it. So tell people what you are doing these days that is getting you uh, to pay the bills. It was two weeks after we got laid off that I had made that decision that I wasn't going to come back. Yeah. And so I had to make a decision. Oh, well, what, am I, what are you going to do? Because <laughs> yeah. I, I can't. I, ha- I have to work. I need health insurance. You know, I, I need to continue to provide until at least I hit 62. Okay. So I, ca- I went. I spent uh, about a half a day, uh, five days a week, on the computer, looking at actual jobs, looking at actual positions. What's available around Sioux Falls? Get a little closer to the mic. Sorry. Getting, you know, I went online and I started looking at jobs. What jobs were out there? Was it in the health industry? Was it in the marketing industry? Was it government industry? I looked at all of them. I, I mean, I had the time. I, I looked and looked and trying to figure, oh, could I do that job? Could I? Am I capable of doing that job? Um, I've always had this feeling I wanted to be a 911 dispatcher. I really wanted to you'd, be a 911 yeah, I'm sorry I laughed. Dispatcher. You'd be really good at that. You know, and here's the deal. Um, I, I respect those people for what they do. But I know if I would have applied and become a 911 dispatcher, I would have had to work overnights, weekends, holidays, and in any time except during the day. And You're I too old for that I shit. Was, I'm not going to do that. I was, so that went out the door fairly easy. I thought, oh, a career. I could be a career. I could spend time delivering stuff, to you know, whether it's the mail or what. And then all of a sudden, a friend... Carrier, because I thought you were saying career. Well, it's a courier. Courier, yes. You know, know, UPS. Yes, I've considered that. People have told me, hey, you make good money delivering UPS. I I know a 20-year-old kid in our family who uh, just started Federal Express. There's some good stuff out there, you know? Bus driving, I heard, makes a pretty penny. Bus driving, you know, um, even garbage collectors. Yes. That is a job that is... They make more than we do. I mean, well, most people make more than what we (laughs) do. You know, and I even thought, okay, government sector. Uh, you know, I even thought Minnesota, South Dakota. I mean, I looked all over, yeah. and I kind of it came down to um, a job that a friend of mine runs a construction company in Sioux Falls, and and he had a guy that retired from the position. And it was basically a position that. You're going from job site to job site. You're help cleaning it up. You're delivering supplies to all the work sites. Uh, you're doing a little, a little bit of uh, construction work. Yeah. Um, I got my own truck. I mainly work by myself. Uh, you got your own truck? It, it, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. yeah. I got a wow. F uh, F four two fifty. Four two fifty. Yes. Wow. Not one of those yes. weenie two fifties. When I start it in the morning, when I get up early in the morning, I make sure I can't start it too hot because that'll wake people up oh, uh, wow. in the neighborhood. You gotta love that. You've but, always been a big gas guzzling <laughs> guy. Oh yes. Oh baby. So anyway, so that's what I do, and you know what? There's there's benefits with it. I, I work outside all the time. I, I've lost a bunch of weight. Uh, Congratulations. I feel, I just feel stronger um, with, yeah. just because when you're lifting bundles of shingles and, and shakes and yeah. you're, you're lifting and physically working, I mean, face it, the construction business is a young man's uh, 
it's a young man's uh-huh. um, job, and I'm just on the end of it, but uh, totally enjoy what I'm doing. Um, there's not a lot of stress. Just make sure, you know, do things right. I always like the terminology when it comes to the business. So, you know, give me these, uh, give me some 16s. Uh, what, 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 16 uh, nails, 16 footers, uh, what do you, uh, yeah. so I mean, still learning that, yes. but, um, I'm, I'm having a blast, and so that's my full-time job, and then, you know, I'm still dabbling in the podcast, Yeah. you know, and then the state championships for public TV, so I mean, I, I think I'm busier now mm-hmm. than I was when you and I were working together. But you probably feel a lot less, I don't know, like you're working, because... You're outdoors. You don't. You're not in charge of. I mean, you're in charge of your whatever they ask you to do, but right. you're not in charge of things. You probably don't take your work home with you very much. And you, you, you mentioned the weight loss. I, but this is the third. I think this is the third time we've gotten together. You know, each time just at a grill or restaurant, a couple drinks, and uh, you seem genuinely as happy and relaxed as you ever have. And that's that's a byproduct of what's going on every day, not just that you're so happy. Yeah, but to I see had those me. feelings when we were supposed to get together at five thirty, and you weren't here. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it went away. It Sorry went about away. that. That's good. That's good. It's good. Yeah, it's good to be in this spot. So, uh, it, but there's something. I, I haven't had a construction job where I'm hauling a bunch of stuff, but I. I did, I did a golf course job for a couple of months. Um, there is life after broadcasting. Well, and, and I, I'll make no mistake, I'm still, I, you're 62, I'm 42, I still want to do it. There's still a burning desire to do that as my full-time profession. Um, but uh, to be away from it, and then, you know, for a while I was just kind of unemployed and not working much, and uh, then the Canaries hired me to do my thing and, uh, for them, and that couldn't, couldn't have been a better, happier job to work in sports. Um, and to be at a ballpark, and it, it was a lot more fun and less responsibility than the daily radio show. Mm-hmm. But the thing, uh, working at a golf course, just taking, nice. gre- just taking green fees, See, that's, that's, making that's drinks. For that's for you. You love golf. Yeah, I Why do. Not? It's not really much about the golf. It's nice to be out there because I like sunshine and I like outdoor places and it's in our t- the tiny town I live in in Lenox. So it's just all kind of, I like nature. So And we have big windows there, so I'm not out, I'm inside. But anyway, it's... Uh, it's just there's just no stress. It's do you, do you, I know you're not a movie person. Did you see the movie American Beauty? I did not. Oh, it's was a, that uh, made this year? It's a, <laughs> it was, uh, about 1999. Ah, it won an Oscar. It was oh. great. You'd like it. But it's about a guy who was in his 40s and he had a day job, a desk job. I think it was a marketing guy of some sort or an ad. It might have been an ad salesman, which could make you chuckle. But he was you know, he had the same job for 25 years. A lot of responsibility. Family guy, teenage daughter, and uh, his life was getting a little monotonous, and he was getting a little overstressed at work. And then, you know, the whole movie is about it. It's basically a midlife crisis, uh, and uh, and part of his kind of everything changing for him was quitting that job was the big start. Uh, and then, as he quit his job and basically went to his boss and said, "Take this job and shove it," he drives through a fast food joint, a drive-through, to get a, a burger. And uh, he said, he, and he was kind of high, by the way, he was, he was smoking a joint. He said, I, I, he drove up to the window, they asked him to pay for the meal, and he said, actually, I'd like to, um, and he's wearing a suit, I'd like to uh, apply for a job here. And the, and the girl looked at him, teenage lady at the drive-thru, said, no, sir, we don't have any managerial positions. <laughs> this is just the counter. And he said, oh, no. He looked directly at her and he said, oh, no. 
I want a job with as little of responsibility mm. as possible. Don't tell me the end of the movie in case I want to. <laughs> I want to get it. But I thought. Does I th- Netflix have that? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Is Mister Movies still yeah. in Sioux Falls? <laughs> why do you Why do you not like movies? By the way, they kind of bore me. They really do. And I think it's because of all of the live ball games that we've been at. Okay. I'm constantly. I mean, there was a time where. I was doing 100 basketball games a year. Yeah. We were doing a bunch of football. And, um, and you know what? And, and movies just weren't exciting enough for me. Mm-hmm. They just weren't. And so I've just never been a movie guy. Yeah. Um, you know, once in a while, I'll, you know, Star Wars comes it, up again on TV. I'll, <laughs> you know, there was something. What's the most know. recently made movie you've seen? Wow. Like recently made movie. Oh, boy. It has. It. I bet it has been. I think Incredibles two. Okay. Would have been the last one. Who, did you go see with the grandkids? Uh, no, went with my wife to the movie theater. Okay. Why would I want to do that with my grandkids? Let's see. The, the Incredibles. They're, they're, not, they're not old enough. They're that's not the cartoon movie, isn't right. it? Right. They're not old enough yet to. At that, that when it came out. They okay. So what? What, what year you, did that come up? What I don't know. It was sometime in like five years ago. Okay. Was this? But like, what made you, what made Incredibles two be the big breakthrough? Because I, I did see Incredibles one. Okay, I did see the first one. All right, and I, and I liked it. It was kind of fun. <laughs> okay. It is fun. Yes, yeah. there's it. a lot of movies that are fun, Greg. You I'm the fun movie guy. Yeah, I'm the Dumb and Dumber. Yes, I am the uh, anything with uh, the the, the uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Yeah. greatest one of the greatest movies ever made. And I'm surprised that Chevy Chase did not get an Academy Award. He should have. For, for the egg, for the uh, the eggnog scene, the yes. rant yes. about uh, what he wanted to do with Mr. Shirley alone. That's right. That's it. So anyway, so some yeah, not much of a movie guy. Okay, I know that, uh, and, and we all know that. We that was that was a topic that was explored a time or two on our show. And um, and by the way, so you don't miss doing the show every day. You're, and you're, you're saying it's not because of me, but I, there were there every now and then. And again, I'll go back to a really selfish question to ask. But there were days where you and I, uh, you and I were known for those who actually listened to the show for butting heads a lot, for disagreeing and getting a little contentious. And and sometimes that makes for really good radio because it's nice to not have a big agree fest. But sometimes you know, I don't think that's why either of us. I didn't. I didn't wake up every day looking forward to arguing and sometimes getting angry with you. I regret. <laughs> I regret how angry I would get in the moment just because you had a completely different point of view than I had. It was not good for my soul. Well, part of it um, too was was it exactly what I, our listeners wanted to hear? I don't and know. I think sometimes you and I didn't see the same way on that. Sure, different people want to hear different things. It's not uniform either. Right, but right. Um, but I uh, there. I just argued with you again. Um, <laughs> But uh, I didn't. I was also. I was. I was. I was also worried about you. Well, first of all, you were kind of my boss, so I didn't want to piss you off enough that you were. <laughs> you were. You would. You would think about going a di- in a different direction for the show, and I don't know however close you got to that. But I always wondered if, um, you know, how, how much is this beating down Craig if we go several consecutive days with getting into it, especially if it was, you know, the Vikings, we would really get into Vikings, and that was the main topic of our show most days. If it was anything social or, God forbid, political, then it was really like, wow. Uh, and I'm glad we tackled issues, but, you know, I wanted to wash my hands. I wanted to take a shower, and more so, 
I was a little fearful that you, that I, again, that I was, that that, that not necessarily I, but that that, that was beating mm. you down. Did it mm. ever get that way? Because uh, there, we, there we never would be ta- times. We, there yeah. would be times where it happened on a Friday, and I'd have to, <laughs> then, I, then I would have to think about think about it for the whole weekend. Okay. And because uh, I'm I'm sure there were times where I could have done a better job with it, but um, I was uh, I wasn't, and you weren't. Both of us were not going to back down from our yeah. thoughts and feelings, which yeah. you can't. Right. You can't. Yeah. You know, my biggest thing was, is that what the listeners want to hear? Did that fit to what they wanted? And I probably was more with the, the feeling that our listeners, they don't want to hear anything about what you and I were talking about. Hmm. Um, so, I mean, I might be old school on that because putting a demographic of who we were had listening to us. Yeah. Name your cuz cuz each radio station is supposed to come up with a demographic a person that you're thinking about that's who you're talking to. And with our demographic typically it's going to be a professional, someone mm-hmm. with a college degree, mm-hmm. someone who is uh, either running a business or in management, uh, someone at higher salary. That's the demographic of a sports talk listener. And it's it's a lot different than a a country listener or a yeah. news listener. Um, it's a completely different type of de- demographic. So I always had that in the back of my mind, okay? I, we're, we're, we're talking to people who probably are a lot smarter than you and I. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> Not that that takes much. You know? And, um, I mean, and, and they're in their office um, trying to listen to us. Mm-hmm. And if, if we're yelling and screaming and whatever, I mean, easy for them just to f- turn that thing off. Mm-hmm. So I always had that in the back of my mind, no matter what the topic was. Yeah, and at the same time, like I said, those last couple of months where there wasn't much sports, we had to be creative and talk about the times, too, unfortunately about COVID, which is not a fun topic, uh, but also, you know, old guy trivia with uh, Chuck Foreman and Tommy Kramer and uh, great memories of the good old, I mean, you were part of the. I'm jealous the, uh, of your age in the sense of the age of radio you were in because there was a time when it was and seemed like just nothing but nothing but fun and games morning radio sioux falls the 80s and 90s and so just just you sharing memories about that and then us kind of doing some of the same things not to the extent you did it you know we, we didn't get fortunate fortunately for both of us we never got naked on the air and did a show naked to get attention we should have done that we'd probably still have a show right now because well because it's already been done <laughs> You it was, did it. It was already done. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. But I, I, I personally, am glad. there's no audio or video of that one. Uh, there was, wasn't there? Didn't the TV station come? Yeah, KSFY came in. Came in. With, yes, yeah. and did a story on us. Uh, my uh, former partner when I worked at KKLS, we did yeah. the show Naked one day. Dan Ferris and uh, KSFY showed up. <laughs> <laughs> they got Dan's backside. I know that. Yeah. I know okay. That. Okay, nothing from you, though. You're able to thank goodness. I was on the other side of the glass because okay. we were separated in the studio. So, uh, but it wasn't the end of the mind. You were really Oh, yeah. Naked. Oh, yeah. Did it feel good? You had to. Did it, you was had it to. For how long? Uh, it was, I believe it was for the whole show, for three hours. Wow. And, and, and was, wow. the hardest part was Did you have keeping... to get up to go to the bathroom or anything? Oh, yeah, you can easily do that. Well, did you, what did you do? Would you walk? How'd you walk around? You Just could easily walk, what, the, take a piss in the there, studio. There was a, well, I had a, I had a big room, and then Dan was in the, the main control room, 
And then the hallway was right there, and the bathrooms were right there. So that was a piece of cake. We worried most about <laughs> the people that we worked with. Well, sure. None of the yes. sales, none of the, for the first time in a long time, none of the sales ladies came upstairs to see what we were doing. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you probably. So anyway. Was it? Did you? Did you really? Did you feel better and more free? Like doing doing radio? Was no, it, it was it was awful. Did you feel like? Oh, it was awful. It was awful. You didn't like doing radio naked. No. <laughs> But you had to do it. Okay, so you're saying you're not doing your, uh, you're not because you can, you could do these. You're doing these podcasts in your own home, aren't you? Yes, yes. You could, you could be naked doing those. Uh, you could be, a, hmm. you could be. Uh, no, it will not. It won't happen. It probably would be kind of weird talking to uh, <laughs> to whomever. Inter- well, but they wouldn't know. Uh, so I, I do want to ask about that, and then we'll ask about your uh, our big weekend ahead for the thing we're both covering. Um, is. Uh, this podcast, you, you said SDPB approached you about it. Of course, mm-hmm. you've been what with SDPB for how long now? 20, 20 years. 20 years and doing all their state championships. Uh, so what is it? Uh, how was it and, and, and how was it determined what it was and is about? The public, the, the folks at public TV approached me and said, hey, you know, we know you're not in radio anymore. And they wanted to expand my, my presence, I guess, on for public broadcasting. And they came up with the idea of doing a podcast that I would host called In Play. And then I would strictly stick with high school sports. Administrators, athletes, coaches, um, you know, former greats of high schooldom. You know? And uh, so, so that's what the, the purpose of the podcast is. And we, we sat down and said, well, how often should we do it? You know, once a week? Oh, no, nah, that's too much. <laughs> once a week's too much. How about once a month? Eh, that's not enough. So we, we said, okay, let's try uh, every two weeks. And so that's what we're doing. So I decided, okay, I'll do it. And so um, we'll start it in September. Um, it's, mo- it's, it's pretty much an interview show, right? It's an interview show. I normally talk to three, three guests was, on now, a certain topic. Was that, that, was that their with. idea or yours that you wanted to be an interview show and not like an opinion show? It, or? Was, it was theirs. It was okay. theirs. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, they asked if I would want a segment at the end of the podcast to, to you know, the last word or something. Yeah. I says, no, I don't need that. I mean, uh, we're doing like, – I did a topic on the Claremont Honkers Football team. I heard it today who, for uh, my research. Who they had won 51 games in a row, which yeah. was a national record at the time. This is back in the 50s uh, when they played six-man football. I got a hold of three players from that team who just celebrated their 70th high school graduation. Wow. 70th anniversary. Wow. And they were really good and talking about what it was like to – they'd never played football and what that was like. So, I mean, wow. stories like that. Um, we we talked West Central football and the dynasty that they were. Oh yeah. Um, when they won what six in a row and just an amazing dynasty. Talked with, you know, Jim Utech and and uh, the folks with that and and just got done with Jill Christensen, the all-time winning volleyball coach, mm-hmm. and what it was like for her. She never played volleyball. Wow. She didn't she never coached volleyball. And Parker tried to hire her and says uh, we need to be be a teacher, and it also include volleyball. She didn't know volleyball, and here she is now, the all-time winningest volleyball coach. She's been retired now for a couple of years. So things like that um, is kind of what the podcast is all about. Mm-hmm. And by the way, what is it uh, about high school sports? Because that's probably what 
you're best identified with. A lot of it because of the TV gig, but certainly that was a big part of the identity of the of sports talk in its early days. What is it about it that you that you like and get really passionate about? We don't see it in Sioux Falls, but we see it in every other community in the state. When a high school team is really good, do you see what the town does when the high school team does something really well? Mm-hmm. They, they Everything stops in that town. Everything stops, and they go to the game, whether yeah. it's football, volleyball, whatever, even that amateur was, baseball. That was Worthington, Fulda, Ellsworth, all those yeah. places in my you know, first we, job. Yeah. We don't see that in Sioux Falls as much, but Sioux Falls is divided up into, you know, four different high schools. Mm-hmm. I call it four different communities. When Roosevelt is doing something big, everybody in that Roosevelt district, they're going to the game. They're going to be at the state tournament. They're going. I mean, it happens. It doesn't happen for Sioux Falls as a city, but it does in every other city in, in South Dakota. And it is an amazing atmosphere and feeling seeing a town go all in on high school kids and the, and the athletes. Yeah. So they're riding the wave. Uh, and it's an amazing atmosphere that you see, whether it's a Friday night down at Lenox or at the state tournaments. And, and these weeks are especially really cool because I know you're itching to get out of here and go study, but to be able to talk or at least email with the coaches because all these teams have their own incredible backstories yep. that is important for you to know yep. uh, for your broadcasts. Uh, so what is, uh, we'll do since this is pretty much a Sioux Falls thing. Harrisburg, Brandon Valley. Obviously, a lot of people are excited uh, or at least find it amazing, intriguing, whatever. That For the first time in 17 years, it's not there's not a Sioux Falls team in the state championship game. I, we were ta- I was talking about this with Zimmer a little earlier in the podcast. I kind of chuckle at that because Brandon Valley and Harrisburg, they're basically suburbs. This is Sioux yep. Falls. Their kids have access to the tr- great training and gyms and, you know, Curtis Riggs Academy that the kids in Sioux Falls get. Well, these are but, two schools that have been growing for years. Yeah. This will be the fourth class that Harrisburg will be involved with. They were in 11B. They were in 11A. They were in 11AA. Now they're in 11AAA and been in the championship game in each of those classifications. So, so Harrisburg is just not a school that has just happened to pop up. It's a continuing growing community, and they've, they've, they've got the success with football. Brandon Valley, same thing. They, they were in three different classes. They've been in 11A, 11AA, and 11AAA now. Uh, and they've won titles um, in those classes. It's, these, it should not be a surprise that these two schools are in the finals. Not one bit. Not one bit. Well, a lot of people are, a lot of people are surprised with Harrisburg because a lot of people thought Roosevelt was – Far and away, uh, or at least remember, Harrisburg is getting ready to build a second high school. Oh, I know, I know, it's growing. But you know, Roosevelt had beaten them by twenty-five, and and Roosevelt looked like the unbeatable kind of scoring explosion. Well, last time that Harrisburg played Brandon Valley, it was not pretty. Yeah, it was not pretty. Right? Do you expect that again? Sixty-three points put up on Brandon Valley. Oh, they scored in all nine possessions. Well, yes, I don't want a boring, horrible (laughs) game. That's Um, right. But like, what do you you expect to happen? Uh, You know, and that was what. Four weeks ago? Yeah, I think four four weeks ago. Three weeks ago. Uh, And Harrisburg made a statement after losing to O'Gorman, last game of the regular season. They should have won that game. But then the next week they go to O'Gorman and they they take care of business. Mm -hmm. Um, And then they lose to uh, Roosevelt and they lose to Brandon Valley. They're the only losses. So they have gone. Then they take on Roosevelt and they beat Roosevelt. And now a chance for them to 
beat the the last team that beat him during the regular is, season. Is there any one game over the seven that you're going to do? It's particularly the four 11-man games you're going to do with Curtis Riggs that really you're really more excited for than the others? Uh, 11B. 11B with okay. probably two of the most storied franchise football programs in the state Yeah, with winner and Bridgewater Emory Ethan. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like, what, 12 or 13 appearances for both. Mm-hmm. Uh, multiple titles. Um, it, these are two teams that are just going to run, 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 run the ball. Don't uh, have, don't go to the bathroom during the game because it might be over. Uh, it, it is going to be a classic. They played last year. Uh, Bridgewater and Reithen got the win. Winner is really good, really good. That's going to be a fun one, All right. really fun. Old-time fashion football. You have time for two more? Two more. <laughs> I, um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll combine two into one question to be crafty about it. You get to work with Curtis Riggs, who we've had on this podcast. We used to have every Monday on our show the last three years. Just a brilliant football mind. We all know that in yep. Sioux Falls. Um, it's got to be a. It's got to be fun. I'm sure you miss at the same time doing the games with Mike, who was your main partner. You kind of had two play-by-play guys doing the doing the games and kind of going back and forth. Um, and now you've got a true play-by-play guy and a true analyst, a football mind. Um, how much? How much do you miss doing it with Mike, and how much, you know, you're, you're, you're one of the best team players and least, you know, me guys I've ever met in, the, in a business full of them. But um, how, how nice has it been What's, for you to be, doing, to, be doing, to be the guy on all the 11-man games, particularly the big boys, on Saturday night, and to get to do it with Curtis? I still get to work with Mike with basketball. We'll work basketball that's, that's, that's when, yeah. if, if we get basketball back. Um, so uh, that's a blast, working with Mike. Uh, Mike and I have known each other for so long. that, mm-hmm. uh, and, and we knew what to do when it came to doing football together because one, one game, one would do the play-by-play, the other one would do color, then the next game you switch. And it takes experience and work to making it work where you know what you can and can't do, what you're supposed to do. Because you don't want to be talking over the other guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't want to become the play-by-play guy when you're supposed to shut up and do color or whatever. So, I mean, it's, it's great with Curtis because we know what a great mind of football that he is, and he brings it. He brings it. Um, so that, that, that's great. That is great. But I, I do miss working with Mike with football because we, I mean, we did, what, 17 championships together. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And then what is, what is it about Dome Week? Um, last week year was interesting and kind of cool to do something different and go up to Brookings, outdoor football and whatever. But the routine, and it's, it's not just state championship week. There's something about these state championship games in the dome. Um, it, put it into words what this week, this week, not just the games and studying for the games, doing the games, just the whole, whole kit and caboodle. I have to fall back to a phrase that I hate, but it's true. We've always done it that way. The Dome has been perfect. Yes. It's been perfect for hosting the football championships. Mm-hmm. It was okay at Brookings last year. It was all right. Um, especially if you're a broadcaster, the facilities were great. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah we the, got to be indoors. We were fine. The, because the, the facilities in the Dome for, for doing play-by-play, it's really not yet good. Um, but it's still the atmosphere is there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it gets hot. It gets loud. I mean, it, it's great. Um, so that's that's what I look forward to being in Vermilion, and it's going to be a lot different this year because everyone's going to wear masks. I'm going to have to wear a mask wherever I go. Do you have to wear a mask on the air? Um, that one is still being okay. debated. There is going to be a 
a partition between Curtis and myself. Okay. Which will help Curtis so when I'm turned to him and spitting lucky, at yeah, him. Yeah, lucky him. Because um, I'm sure COVID's not going to go around the plexiglass at all uh, or over it. So, I mean, thank goodness we'll have that. As you can tell, I'm being a little facetious. No, I, and, you would never. Yeah. So, but when I do the, because I'm on the, I'm on the field for the nine-man mm-hmm, games, interviewing mm-hmm. coaches, and yeah. I will have to wear a mask the whole time. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, unfortunately, you will not be able to see my face very well. Oh, dang it! It's a beautiful, <laughs> weird beard you're growing right yeah. there. Well, it's a two-day growth. <laughs> You've always, I've always, what I've always appreciated about you and working with you is your sense of uh, timing, which is much better than mine, uh, how long and short things should be. Was this too long or short, or was this just about right? Um, that's up to the people that have already ah, left. No. <laughs> well, if they're here, they're here. They must have liked it. Uh, I really enjoyed it. And by the way, did you know that I'm working with your son? I still get to work with a Maddox. Yes, I knew that. Oh, you did? I knew yeah. that. Making pizzas at Sonny's Pizzeria. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I do. Yeah. Uh, Theo is, uh, he's, a, he's actually a lot like working with you. He's uh, uh, just a, an insufferable tyrant. Have you guys uh, yelled at each other on ty- whether it was a sausage <laughs> or pepperoni? The right amount <laughs> to put and spread. Yes. The right amount of uh, where the sauce and cheese end before the end of the crust. That's fine. No, I lo- no, it's just like working with you. He is mellow. He's... Uh, lighthearted and fun. A lot of people thought we didn't like each other, and that was never the case. We might have not liked each other during the show sometimes, which is when people hurt us, but uh, day-to-day, I always look for what, what I miss more than anything about. Again, I'd love to go back and do that job again, uh, but I miss you, and I, obviously I'll, I won't get to do it with you again, uh, but not just that, but just seeing you, the, the BSing before the show, you know, the once or twice a day where we got to see each other, uh, that, that was a good guy to have That's always at that, work. It was always great in the biz. Yeah. The business, always great. Because yeah. we worked with great people. Yep. Great people. Luckily, they weren't as talented as you and I were. So <laughs> they looked up to us. <laughs> and we Kissed could, our ass. And we could tell them yeah. what to do, yeah. and it was great. Yeah, it was it, wonderful. It was Thank you for doing this. I really Thanks appreciate for asking. it. Yes. Well, you bet. What's the name of this thing again? Uh, it's called Nobody's Listening Anyway. It's it's appropriate and um, but it was nice available to, wherever you get your do- your, your uh, podcast. Almost everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and soon to be everywhere if we're smart about it. Thank you. Thank you, Craig. Appreciate it. All right. See ya. Bye.